What's up, everyone? I'm Joe Pompliano, and this is The Joe Pomp Show. Roger Federer has built one of the most impressive brands in sports history, and he is the only tennis player ever to reach billionaire status. So today's podcast takes a look at his success, including why he struggled early in his career, the moves that turned everything around, and a historic deal that earned him more than $600 million. But before we get into it, I have one quick ask from all of you. My team and I work very hard to consistently create quality content. I'm talking about newsletters, podcasts, YouTube videos, and more. So if you have enjoyed any of my content over the last few years, I ask that you please just share it with your friends. This will help my platforms continue to grow. And the bigger my platforms grow, the more amazing content I'll be able to create for all of you. So thank you so much. And let's get into today's episode. Roger Federer is one of the greatest tennis players of all time. He turned professional at just 17 years old and won 20 Grand Slam titles over his 24-year career. And off the court, he's even better. For example, Roger Federer only played in one tournament last year, yet still made more than $90 million. That dollar figure put him as the seventh highest earning athlete in the world, and it means he made more money last year than other superstar athletes like Tom Brady, Kylian Mbappe, Canelo Alvarez, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. But I don't think people truly understand how much of an outlier Federer really is. There are more than 3,000 professional tennis players today, and there have been tens of thousands of others in the past. But Federer is the only tennis player in history to cross $1 billion in career earnings. In fact, he is one of only seven athletes in history, regardless of sport, to cross the billion-dollar mark while still active. Joining names like Tiger Woods, Floyd Mayweather, LeBron James, Phil Mickelson, Cristiano Ronaldo, and Lionel Messi. But it wasn't always this way. Roger Federer struggled as a businessman during the early parts of his career. He went through multiple agents and was making significantly less money than his rivals on the court. But a shift came in the early 2000s. Federer hired a new agent and started signing multi-million dollar sponsorship deals. He built a global brand with Nike and even started his own sports agency. But Roger Federer's biggest win came just a few years ago when he left behind a $10 million annual sponsorship deal with Nike and turned it into a $600 million payday. This is the story of how Roger Federer became the only billionaire in tennis history. Roger Federer grew up in Switzerland and started playing tennis at just eight years old. He was one of Switzerland's top three junior tennis players by the age of 11, and he quit playing other sports like badminton and basketball to focus solely on tennis by the age of 12. Federer then went on to become one of the best junior tennis players of all time. He won Switzerland's junior national championship at just 14 years old. He then won both the singles and doubles junior Wimbledon titles at just 16 years old, and he turned professional at just 17 years old. But while many people were impressed with Federer's accomplishments as a junior player, absolutely no one could have envisioned the player he would ultimately become. Federer's professional tennis career lasted nearly 25 years, from age 17 to 41. He won 20 Grand Slam men's singles championships, including one French Open, five U.S. Opens, six Australian Opens, and a record eight Wimbledon titles. Federer was the world's number one ranked player for 237 straight weeks and 300 weeks overall, and he won 1,251 of the 1,526 matches he played in his career, a ridiculous 82%. This on-court success helped Roger Federer earn a staggering $130 million in prize money throughout his career. But still, that success doesn't exactly explain how Federer became the first billionaire in tennis history. For example, Federer's fellow big three rivals, Rafael Nadal and Novak Djokovic, have earned more prize money throughout their career, and Federer's $130 million in on-court earnings represents just 12% of his career earnings overall. All right, everyone, quick word from the sponsor of this episode, So Rare. This is probably one of the hottest companies in sports right now. It was founded in 2018 by two guys named Nicola Julia and Adrian Monfort. They loved fantasy sports and sports collectibles, so they took the best parts of both industries and combined them to create So Rare. Athletes like Lionel Messi, 
Keelan Mbappe, Rudy Gobert, and Serena Williams are ambassadors for the company, and they now have more than 2 million registered users in 185 countries. But here's how it works. So Rare lets you buy, sell, and trade digital trading cards of your favorite players. And rather than just looking at them, you can use these trading cards to enter fantasy sports competitions for digital rewards like more cards and experiential rewards like going to an NBA game, meeting players, or winning merch. But here's the best part. It's completely free to get started. And if you go to SoRare.com slash JoePomp to sign up, SoRare is going to give you an additional 20 free cards for your collection. So go to SoRare.com slash JoePomp to sign up and let's see if you can beat me. All right, let's get back to the episode. So the bottom line is clear. There's not a single tennis player in history that has built a bigger brand and earned more money off the court than Roger Federer. But as I said before, it wasn't always that way. Roger Federer signed his first sponsorship deal with Wilson at age 16. But despite his early success on the court, he quickly found himself being out-earned by his rivals. This was due to several factors, but most importantly, it had to do with his representation. Federer began his professional career as a client at IMG, but in 2002, his former agent Bill Ryan left the company under contentious but undisclosed reasons, and Ryan's exit came at a terrible time. Federer was in the middle of negotiating a new deal with Nike, and he was looking to significantly increase his current deal, which was for five years and $500,000. But rather than just signing with a different agent at IMG, Federer decided to leave the agency altogether and be represented by his family, primarily his father. Federer then signed a new deal with Nike that was worth about $2 million annually. And while this might seem like a home run for a 21-year-old kid, the dollar amount was far below market value, and the deal shocked many people throughout the industry. For example, Andy Roddick was ranked number three at the time behind Federer, and he had a deal with Lacoste worth $5 million per year. And American tennis agent Ken Meyerson publicly said that he thought the Nike deal should have been $10 million given Federer's status. And he said Federer was losing millions of dollars being represented by his father. This left Federer in a strange position. In 2005, even though he had just won three of four Grand Slam titles the year prior, Roger Federer only made $14 million in off-court earnings, which was considerably lower compared to players like Andre Agassi and Maria Sharapova. But this is when everything changed for Roger Federer. He noticed the discrepancy in earnings between himself and other tennis stars and decided it was time to start looking for another agent. His old agency, IMG, had just been acquired by Ted Fortsman's private equity firm, and Ted asked former world number one women's tennis player, Monica Seles, to set up a meeting with Federer. The two men met and ended up bonding over a shared interest of charity work in South Africa. But what ultimately made Federer reunite with IMG was the resounding endorsement tennis legend Monica Sells gave of her former agent at IMG, Tony Godsick. And Godsick immediately went to work. From 2005 to 2010, Federer's annual earnings increased 207%, from $14 million to $43 million, through deals with Mercedes-Benz, Rolex, and Lint. Federer then signed a 10-year deal with Nike in 2008, worth over $10 million per year, which was a record at the time. And by 2013, Federer's annual earnings had risen to $71.5 million. That was a 66% increase from 2010, and it placed Federer second on the Forbes 2013 list of the world's highest paid athletes, right behind Tiger Woods, but right ahead of Kobe Bryant. Federer was now in the company of sports mega brands, and to take his own brand to the next level, he decided to leave IMG again and go out on his own. But this time, he took his long-standing agent and business partner, Tony Godsick, with them. The two left IMG to create a boutique sports agency called Team 8. The business has a small client roster today, including 18-year-old American tennis star Coco Gauff, U.S. Open champion Juan Martin Del Potro, and retired NHL goalie Henrik Lundqvist. But more importantly, it offered Federer the opportunity to build a business around himself. The tennis legend now works with more than 10 brands in total, most of which have sponsored him for more than a decade, including Wilson, NetJets, Rolex, Mercedes-Benz, and others. 
He also boosted his earnings by playing in exhibitions and promotional tennis events. Federer commands anywhere between $2 million and $3 million per special appearance. And in 2019, he made a whopping $15 million for just five exhibition matches on a tour in South America. But prize money, sponsorships, and appearance fees alone aren't what made Roger Federer a billionaire. To do something that no tennis player in history had done, Federer had to take risks. And one of those risks ended up turning into one of the greatest sports business deals of all time. The story starts in 2018. Roger Federer had been with Nike for more than 20 years, and he was already one of the most decorated athletes in sports history with 20 Grand Slam titles. But when it came time to renew his $10 million annual sponsorship deal with Nike, things got interesting. Nike's tennis roster in 2018 was loaded, and it included players like Serena Williams, Rafael Nadal, Maria Sharapova, and Nick Kyrgios. And there's an unwritten rule in the sports world that you don't want to spend more than 10% of overall revenue on athlete sponsorship deals. So Nike had a tough decision to make. Do they let a 36-year-old aging superstar walk to protect the margins on their $350 million tennis business? Or do they succumb to his demands and finish out one of the most legendary athlete-brand relationships in sports history? Well, in the end, Nike ended up letting him walk, and Federer shocked the sports world by signing a massive 10-year, $300 million deal with Uniqlo. The Japanese brand had never sponsored a tennis player before, and they were now going to pay Roger Federer three times more than Nike did in his prime, so everyone was confused. But this was a genius move by Federer for two reasons. First, the Uniqlo agreement didn't include a retirement clause, meaning Federer could stop playing tennis literally the next day, and he would still earn $30 million annually in retirement. But secondly, the Uniqlo deal only covered apparel, not shoes. So Federer continued to wear Nikes while playing without being paid for it. But after discovering footwear brand on running while training, Federer eventually ditched Nike again and signed an equity deal to become a global ambassador for the Swiss brand. He helped them design and market shoes, and the company started to grow aggressively. But here's the craziest part. Just two years after signing the deal with On Running, the company went public at a $10 billion valuation, and Roger Federer's 3% stake in the business was now worth $300 million. So while many people were surprised to see Federer leave behind a $10 million annual sponsorship deal with an iconic brand like Nike, they were even more surprised when he turned it into $600 million. And the good news is that Roger Federer will end up doing a lot of good with this money. He opened the Roger Federer Foundation in 2003 which provides grants for education, sports, and other projects to countries with child mortality rates of 15% or higher. And he has already raised more than $50 million for the foundation. Not to mention, Federer has personally donated $15 million to open more than 80 schools in Africa. And he has also spent more than $1 million to provide 64,000 African children meals while schools were closed during the pandemic. But none of this should come as a surprise. Roger Federer has always been a sports marketer's dream. He's not only a great athlete, but he's an even better person. Mike Fahey, who heads a Boston-based marketing firm, told the New York Times, Roger is forever a gentleman. He doesn't throw tantrums, doesn't hit ball people, doesn't abuse umpires. He's the ultimate class act. So in a world where 99% of professional tennis players struggle to make a living, Roger Federer became an outlier. He worked incredibly hard at his craft and finished his career as one of the best players in history. But he also built a personal brand and a financial empire that's unlike anything we have ever seen in sports. And ultimately, that might be his most impressive accomplishment. All right, everyone, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, I appreciate you listening to The Joe Pomp Show. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify so that you don't miss any episodes going forward. And if you are looking for additional content, check out my daily newsletter at readhuddleup.com or follow me on Twitter at Joe Pompliano. I hope you have a great day and I'll see you next time.